Next on BYUSN, Big 12 win number one. BYU men's basketball waves a victorious goodbye to the Palm Fronds at UCF. What does that historic win really mean for BYU in a wildly unpredictable Big 12 conference? Plus, the Egyptian magician Ali Khalifa joins us to discuss how BYU held off the Knights, the grind of Big 12 hoops, and his poster dunk. Women's soccer had a team record five players taken in the NWSL draft. We'll chat with the fourth overall pick, Brecken Mozingo, part of a five-player Cougar contingent on the returned Utah Royals. Plus, the Cougars hired a new tight ends coach with major NFL experience, and Aiden Troutner runs the first indoor sub-four-minute mile in the history of the state of Utah. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It is Monday, January 15th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a true weekend warrior, Jerem Jordan. What a weekend, man. We just outlined it, uh, and we didn't even mention Pukunikua. <laughs> like, Pukunikua uh, it w- was incredible. What a season. Kind of a bummer that it had to end that way. Excited for Detroit. They waited a long time for this. 32 years. Yeah, they won the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy one, man. And uh, what a weekend. Excited to digest it. I-, I think on a normal, average Monday, we would only talk about the tight ends higher. For sure. Of Kevin Gilbride. Not a normal weekend. It's not a normal. It doesn't make <laughs> trending, unfortunately, because we got a lot going on. We will address that later on. Listen, I'd probably feel a little happier for the Lions had I not spent the night in the Detroit airport the day before. So I have mixed feelings yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, some eventful travel. <laughs> but it's good to be back. Yeah. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Trevin for three right side. Got to go. What's trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. We heard Cody Feger say, we expect Big 12 basketball to be, in a phrase, mental warfare. We're learning about that each and every game. BYU figures it out against UCF, and they survived to get their first Big 12 win three games in. So now that it is official that BYU is in the win column, Jerem, in conference after that 63-58 triumph over UCF, what did Saturday's win really mean for BYU basketball? I think if BYU had lost, the rhetoric would be pretty sour today. Like, yeah, it would be wildly bad. Um, so for the fact the BYU went on the road in the longest road trip of the year. I'm assuming Orlando is more than West Virginia. Maybe West Virginia is. But that, that was a heck of a win because BYU had to do it a different way. They did it on defense, and they did it in spite of free throw disparity again because that's an issue. I'll talk about that in a second. But it's too dramatic to say it saved the season, but I'm telling you if BYU was 0-3, coming off of this with number 9 net Iowa State, who's going to get ranked today, by the way, it would be weird, man, because uh, you were playing the fourth – Lowest-ranked net team in the league. This is one of the more winnable games. BYU plays a team that just beat number three, Kansas. That's the thing. UCF did what I was hoping, which was came down from the high of that. They could not match that intensity. Getting that first one's a big deal. Get it on the board. BYU did it. They played great defense. 58 points allowed is the second most against P6 team this year for BYU. Oh, the yam from Ali Khalifa. Play of the game. Play of the year. UCF shot 29% overall, 
17% from three. They did not make a lot of shots. BYU played good enough defense, right, to prevent them. Held on. BYU's up 13 with seven minutes left, and it gets down to two late. BYU made enough clutch plays to earn the win in the end, and BYU had to win a different way. I am concerned about the fouls and free throws still moving forward for BYU. Uh, BYU had more fouls in this game. Ah, the refs! What's the controllable element? Foul less. Uh, get to the rim more. I'm not sure BYU's offense is made for that. That's where they missed Dawson Baker Dawson so much. Dawson Baker would have helped. Clearly, Dawson is going to be shut down for the season. It has not been reported. I'm not reporting it. It's just super obvious that they didn't play him against UCF. They didn't play him, uh, what, the game before, right, against Baylor? We've heard the coach he's, say his foot's not, not getting better. Like, they haven't announced it publicly. I don't know this, but it just seems obvious. That would have helped. So that's a quad one win because UCF 75 today. That's a quad one win. Any quad one win, amazing. Never complain about it, ever. Now, now you have confidence going into Iowa State at home, which is a top 10 net game, two teams at 13 and three. Let's go. But huge game. Yeah, I know it sounds a little bit dramatic to say it saved the season, and I'm not there yet, but my goodness. Almost. If BYU's 0 and 3, and they are with Oklahoma State as the two winless teams in conference, and now you're staring down Iowa State at home. And Texas Tech on the road. And you got to go to Texas Tech. Jeez! Not to mention BYU's got to host Texas on the 27th. Like, the, the Houston path coming up. The path, <laughs> Houston before that. It was one and two. The what? path doesn't get any easier for BYU. It just, it meant so much to BYU to be able to fend off some you know, mental demons of doubt that were starting to creep in a little bit after losing to Cincinnati and not being able to close it out against Baylor. Like, this team knows what a win feels like, and there's something to climbing that mental barrier. As ugly as it was at times, and as weird as it got at the end when BYU probably shouldn't have let it get to that point when you're up 13 with seven minutes to go, they just found a way. Banking in a three. Yeah. When is it going to be pretty, by the way? I don't know that BYU is going to have a pretty win in the league. It's going to be Maybe a they make it's, 16 threes in a game and they win by 12. Like, who knows? Probably one of those or two. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a slog. It's going to feel weird. This ain't Pepperdine and Pacific and Portland. Who cares how it happens? This, this just is win. This is very different. Like, it, it's just like football, Spence, where I was like, forget. This ain't the whack. You don't have tight end or throwing for 450 no, no. and winning by 30 against New Mexico. Like, every win is precious. Jeremy, the, the, the best way that I can explain what is happening in the Big 12 Conference is kind of how the NFL is. You can lose. We all hear any given Sunday, but there's real truth they in that. They even made a movie about it. There's real truth in that. It, the margin of error is so thin in the NFL that, you know, a, a lowly team like Carolina can go and figure it out, or the New York Jets can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's like, how does that happen? It's the NFL. Margin of error is so razor thin. That exists in Big 12 basketball. And it More will be than there football. All, yeah. Like football, there was some disparity there. There's some bad teams. What, what? Ain't no bad. Uh, Saturday was 13 versus 14 in the preseason poll. You know what it means? <laughs> what? B- BYU's win right now makes it means that they're one and two, and they have the same conference record right now as Houston, Oklahoma, and Texas. <laughs> Oklahoma was the top 10 last, uh, team last week. By the way, carnage in the top 25 as we look at the Big 12 standings. 17 top 25 losses from 15 teams. AP top 10 teams. Went 3-8 and eight on the road versus unranked teams. That's the, quote, bloodiest week, Jared Burson with this, from top 10 teams in those spots since 92. 
It was hard to win last week. Which was also the last time the Lions won a playoff game. <laughs> How about that? I'm still not over Puka was held on that last play. Pass interference but, holding but, something. I ain't a Rams fan, but uh, there you go. I'm a Puka fan. Yeah, it, it was. it's tough to win. Like, every win is precious in the pursuit of at least seven. You got to get six more in the next 15. You got to go at least, it feels like, six and nine in the last 15 Big 12 games. Come on. Get to seven and 11. At least. I'm still, listen, because this conference is so weird and BYU gets to enjoy the Marriott Center. I freaking love this, by the way. I believe, I still believe that BYU will win some games that are quote-unquote not supposed to win and that there will still be a loss or two that they're not supposed to lose that game. It's, it's going to happen. I'm what st- game is BYU not supposed to lose, though? UCF at home, maybe? Oklahoma State Oklahoma at home? State on the road or at home? Those like, are the only ones. Hopefully West they Virginia don't happen. Hopefully those don't happen. But I don't think BYU plays West Virginia at home, do they? They only play West just Virginia on the, road? on the road. Okay. And that's a weird game now, too. They just – West Virginia, just lowly West Virginia, just beat Texas. Yeah, ain't nobody lowly in this league. Seriously. Like, Oklahoma State is struggling Jeez. the most. But Oklahoma State took Baylor to overtime a little over a week ago. Yes. <laughs> Like, Oklahoma State clearly looks like the worst team in the league. But they have challenged some teams in a way that you cannot overlook. There's literally nobody that you can go, win for sure. Like, what's BYU's lowest win percentage at camp while I'm sitting here? 41% against Houston at home. 45% against Kansas on the road. Yeah. The way BYU is playing. These are pretty high for me still. I'm like, eh, I don't know. The, the way that BYU approaches a game and plays a game, if they make a few more threes and make a few more free throws, I can understand why the Ken Pomeroy metric and ESPN's basketball power well, index has BYU It's based where on the non-conference, bro. Like, it's, it's not based on three big 12. We all knew that there was going to be a, a change for sure, that some of these otherworldly numbers were certainly going to be yeah. grounded to a degree. And they have been. It's been more than we thought, though, I think. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, if BYU yeah. can make just one or two more threes mm-hmm. and make a few more free throws, then maybe they don't lose to Cincinnati. Or maybe they're able to close things out against Baylor. Yes. Right? Yes. It's just, again, thin, razor-thin margin of error. Let me tell you my biggest issue right now with BYU, which I started to address just moving forward. Exciting to win. The minus, uh, and Greg tweeted the, uh, these up. Minus 17 of fouls right now. Minus 44 free throw attempts in the three Big 12 games. Which is crazy. Minus 33 free throw makes. This is not sustainable. BYU is only 3.5% worse than its opponents, by the way. Not a huge number. you got to shoot better, obviously. I'm not sure BYU is going to get to the line as much. They've got to guard better and foul less. And then the Big 12 is okay with, uh, you know, you going to the rim hard, they're going to call fouls. What They will also call ticky-tack, it looks like. So fewer of those. Yeah. If you're going to foul, get them. Like, you go to the rim too, though. So BYU has to, I think, adjust, and they've got to attack a little more. For sure. And that's like, why like we've When been you a- get that two-on-one at the rim, maybe consider going at the rim instead of the open three. Like, you want open threes too. I'm just saying this is not sustainable. Those numbers, like, if BYU continues down that path, I don't think they'd make the tourney. Mm. Like, you're not going to win enough games with those numbers. You have to do something a little different. And that's why we bring up Dawson Baker. You kind of re- got lucky at UCF that you played good enough defense and they missed a lot of shots. Like, that's not always going to happen. 
You only scored 63 and won. I know. That was nice. Nice to hold them to 58. Good, good enough defense, but right? My goodness. Tremendous. But, again, if you're not familiar with Dawson Baker's game, he scores essentially half of his points in his college basketball career at the free throw line. Yeah, he, got, he was top 200 in college basketball last year. Getting to the he drawing. draws a lot of fouls, is very aggressive. BYU really doesn't have another player no. like Dawson Baker in no. that fashion. No. So there would have to be a mindset shift for a few of the players. Maybe Jackson Robinson could do it a little bit more. Dude's like 93% right? from like what, Because what he's been he from so good line? from the free throw line. 88 now. Although he weirdly had a miss late in the game. Well, it's 15 to 17. <laughs> That's 88%. Yes, get to the maybe he's the guy because he is such a good free throw He's shooter. won a game. Dallin That's Hall it. has that built into his game yeah. a little bit. So we'll see how BYU approaches that metric for sure. Or Spencer Johnson. It, it is a line. concern. Yeah, he's 82%, 38. Okay. Wild, wild Big 12 weekend. Let's get to it. Big 12 roundup. Time for it. Hit the music. Let's go. Okay, uh, here we go. It was, it was crazy. TCU, to me, looks like the sneaky best team in the league. They're 2-1, only lost at Kansas. In the How are they not seconds. ranked? Two and one. They probably should be. They will be this week. Two and one. Houston one and two. Manuel Miller layup with six seconds left to win. Houston lost both games to unranked teams last week. Both those teams will be ranked this week. <laughs> will, will the Big Twelve have like eight ranked teams? They might. They already six was the most in college basketball. Number three Kansas after losing at UCF, they bounce back. And take care of ninth-ranked Oklahoma, 78-66. Hunter Dickinson has advertised 24 points, 14 rebounds. He is a massive, massive test for any team that faces him. Kansas now 2-1. and one. Oklahoma, this is a top-10 team. They're 1-2 in the Big 12. They used 12. to be top-10. They're going to fall out. They'll still be ranked. Which, by the way, never complain about ESPN+. Plus. That was a top-10 game? That was on ESPN+. Plus. Yep. Why can't college basketball do what football does, which is wait for like two weeks out? Why do they do that? Why is that game not on uh, ABC? I have like, no idea. A- Football? Playoffs? I don't know. Why? Playoffs? Playoffs? They're putting them on Peacock, Spence. I know. Number 14, Baylor beats Cincinnati 62-59 in a battle of BYU played those teams. Jacoby Walter, 14 points all in the second half, two free throws, nine seconds left to seal the win. Baylor, one of two teams, 3-0 in the league, Cincinnati 1-2. Baylor and Cincinnati are both really good teams, and BYU knows it well, having lost to both of those teams. Baylor better than Cincinnati. Yeah, obviously. West Virginia, in in my opinion, the shocker of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 76-73, upsetting number 25, Texas. The Mountaineers are 6-10 overall, but... There are no easy games they, in this they, conference. They got some transfers like Raekwon Battle who came back that have changed their team. They've changed the team, yeah. yeah. They have changed the dynamic. The double transfer guys. Yeah. For sure. Hey, listen. Max A. Smith, he's a really good player. BYU's going to see him on January 27th at 32 points. That Weirdly, to me, Texas is starting to feel like a game that BYU needs to win in Pro Bowl. People think Texas is overrated. They're going to drop out. They the might be. They lost. Yeah, they lost. They lose Texas Tech looks pretty good. Beat Kansas State by one. Go Toussaint, 12 points. Go ahead, three at 30 seconds left. Ninth straight win for Texas Tech. One of the uh, two 3 0 teams. Kansas State now 2 1 big win. Holy cow. Then there's Iowa State, who just embarrassed Oklahoma State. So much for the emotional letdown for the Cyclones after beating Houston. Nope. They handled the Cowboys by 24. 
Weirdly, the start was delayed by more than two hours because of weather-related travel delays for Oklahoma State, so perhaps that factored into... Was it weirdly? It was crazy weather. Like, I, the, Listen, I know all about it. Kansas State, or, uh, you know, Kansas City, Andy Reid's mustache, and uh, obviously the Bills game moved to today. Crazy. <laughs> I spent two hours in Pittsburgh on a runway, Jerem. <laughs> Go to the Steelers probably <laughs> yesterday. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I so, never want to hear squall again, the word squall I again. Yeah, I, that was not in my vernacular, and, and now it is. Oh, my gosh. Iowa State, 2-1 and one in conference. They are riding high and coming into Provo tomorrow. It'll be a ranked matchup in a top-10 net matchup. Top-10 amazing, amazing game. All right, let's look at the Big 12 standings one more time, shall we? Just to remind everyone that BYU has the same conference record as Houston, and, Texas, and Oklahoma. And, and what really is the case is it goes it goes one Baylor and Texas Tech, three Kansas-Iowa State, TCU-Kansas State, and then it's uh, seven Houston-West Virginia, Texas, Cincinnati, BYU-Oklahoma, Central Florida. And then 14th Oklahoma State. Oh, my that's, goodness. That's what it actually is. BYU is tied for 7th in the league. It's so difficult to win on the road, and especially in this league, which makes BYU's win at UCF just that much more important. It's another edition of Mailbag Monday, where you ask questions. We do our best to answer them on the show. And the first question in comes from DBYU fan for life on X, who says, do you think we could ever see Ali and Foose on the court at the same time? It could happen, but I don't see it. BYU's built for four shooters on the court, always. Yes. They go small with Jackson at the four if Noah's out. In a weird, what like, BYU's foul doing. trouble scenario, maybe. Well, yeah. But then that, Outside of that, no. I don't, no. Think, I don't think we would see them on the floor at the same time. Yeah, hopefully Foose can get to 100% here soon. But he's, I think Foose is coming off the bench. Ali's been way too effective to pull him from the starting lineup. For sure. Foose is coming off the bench. And that's okay. Foose can come off the your bench. Your leading still... score this year comes off the bench in Jackson Robinson, and your leading score last year comes off the bench. How about that? That's a great bench. BYU needs it. Let's go. Hashtag BYUS on an X, Facebook, and Instagram. We've mentioned it, but huge game tomorrow. Well, Iowa State's going to get in the top 25. BYU should stay in the top 25. Th- these are the rankings as of this moment. This is going to change any moment. Pre-game coverage, 8 Eastern. On BYU TV and BYU Radio. Iowa State might be ranked in a better position than BYU when the poll comes out. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. That could happen. Totally. Up next, the Egyptian magician Ali Khalifa joins us in Studio B to discuss just how important that first Big 12 win was for BYU and the celebration after. This is BYUSA. So good. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ali Khalifa, oh, wide open, Ali. he drives and he got, dunks it. it, he got hammered. Ali knocks yes. it down. <laughs> the Egyptian magician, Ali Khalifa. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports yeah, play, it. play. It is a winning Monday on BYUSN with BYU men's basketball picking up their first ever Big 12 win and the player of the game, Ali Khalifa, is with us. To celebrate Let's after go. just a huge win at UCF. Ali, congratulations on a great yes, win. Man. Great to see you. Thank you. Great to see you guys, too. What Have does you... the first Big 12 win mean to you and BYU? <laughs> it means great. I mean, we've been waiting for it. We were so close against Cincinnati and Baylor. Um, it was great to have it on the road, obviously, uh, against a big crowd. It was fun. So. Over under, like, 50 texts about your dunk. 
over. A <laughs> hundred? No, not not a hundred. It was a lot of tweets, I would say. A lot of tweets. A lot of, of social. A lot of social. Stuff. It was good yeah. social. Yeah. Um, they should have called the found that too, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, when you turn and realize, oh, they didn't follow me. Yeah. Like instantly, or you're like, yeah, I'm throwing this down. So actually, um, there's a backstory for that. It was a media timeout. Coach just subbed me in, and he realized. Coach Pope takes all credit for that. He realized like they're jumping over in mm-hmm. the in the handoffs, and he said, "Ali, just keep it when down. Give you the ball. Try to catch it deep and just keep it." And Spencer told me I'm gonna cut from the corner because he wanted to get the ball. And in my head, I'm like, I'm just gonna try and dunk it. And I was wide open. I thought I was wide open. I thought I'm gonna just be myself. And then their big man jumped and made it, <laughs> made now, it look better. So now backstory on that: when you took a tour when you were being recruited here. One of our uh, our boss actually was explaining like the replay room, and he goes, "So when you when you dunk it, you know, to, and you go, now wait a minute, you don't know my game. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's your game. That's, that's game. part of your game, right? Exactly. Now yeah. part of the game. I love it. I game. love it. Uh, Ali Khalifa is with us on BYUSN. It got a little bit strange at the end. You're up 13, but you but you hold on. What does it take to win a game in the Big 12 Conference when the margin of error is so thin? It- takes a lot it's, it's so hard to win obviously in general in any conference but in the best conference in the world the teams that people talking about UCF the hottest team in the country right now because they just beat Kansas everybody thought Kansas unbeatable and UCF just comes and beat them at home and they play us with big crowd and it was it took a lot obviously like you said we went through adversity this last last six seven minutes and I feel like our defense was holding great against them rebounding and defense and getting stops and um, our free throws need we need to work on that obviously, but it was just it was just good to see that fight in us even if we're not scoring we're not let them we let them score and we want to win so 58 points left they shoot 29 percent 17 percent from three yeah. what did you guys do defensively sometimes people miss but hey you can kind of create a certain kind of shot defensively right that they get. Yeah. Um, what did you guys do to do that? Because that was the winning formula. Yeah, I feel like we forced a lot of contested threes and contested mid-range shots. I feel like they obviously crashed the glass super hard with all five players. And yeah, Diallo was a handful. Yeah, he was a huge dude. So it was it was good to force them to take bad shots, and they were missing, and they were getting second chances, and we didn't give up. They were missing those two, and that showed a lot of fight in us. Even every time out, we would talk about getting stops. We wouldn't talk about offense mm. at all, and it was... It just it took a lot defensively just to be able to get stops and just force contested shots in the pick and rolls, just have active hands and just try and get a stop and get a rebound. So You've had a lot of great moments in your college basketball career spanning from Charlotte now to BYU. Where does what happened on Saturday with your season-high 17 points and the dunk and the first Big 12 win rate among all of the things you've accomplished as a basketball player? It's probably top two, I would say. Um, it was it was just great. It was so fun. Even after the game, we were running to the locker room and we were just having so much fun and shouting and just good to see the ball go in and be able to shoot the ball. I think that's the most shots I took this year. And I was just so super happy we just got the win. We we were so close against Baylor. Like I said, we were so close against Cincinnati. And it's good just to get a win in the Big 12, obviously, the first win. And it just feels amazing. So, um, You said top two. What's the other one? Um, in Charlotte, we had a buzzer beater against our rivals, Davidson, yeah. at Davidson, Jackson Threadgill. So my best friend, he hit the shot. Uh, that was that was something else. That was <laughs> that's, a, hey, that's awesome. That was like overtime away game, and I would say that's both of them probably number one right now. Yeah, so, both away games. Yeah, both, both away, away games. games. Exactly. It, it's hard to win in this league, man. Exactly. Um, 
any, wherever you play, um, we'll talk about Iowa State in a sec, which, by the way, you know, ranked matchup, we think, and top 10 in the net. I mean, that's about as big as it gets, pretty yeah. big time. Um, okay, the celebration. Walk us through that, and then it's Pope's 100th win at BYU. There's a, a, there's a jersey from Trevanel. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so we went to the locker room, obviously. Um, uh, Dallin had the phone on him just to record what's going to happen, and um, Trevanel had his jersey just to have a number, number 100 on it. And it was just pretty cool. I think we would have done it against Cincinnati or Baylor. And just pretty cool to see Coach Pope get a hundred win at BYU. It just shows a lot about him. Only four or five years, and it was it was it was so fun in the locker room right after he just if people saw the video, just it was just to get it over with, just to get the first win and get rolling. Obviously, and it was it was cool. Did you hit your head on the ceiling in there? It looked like it was like an office space. Yeah, it was, it was pretty close. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't, it was a pretty small area in the yeah. locker room, but I didn't really, I mean, after that dunk, I don't think my, my knee wasn't doing great, so yeah. mm. I didn't really jump that high. I tried to push Coach a little bit. You did it on the dunk. Yeah, I did it on the dunk, exactly. So. Well, let's follow up there. How is your knee feeling, and, uh, you know, how, how much can we expect from you moving forward against Iowa State and against the other teams? I feel like I'll, I'll be fine. It feels, it feels better, obviously, every day. It's still not, not quite there yet, but... Um, it feels better every day. Like we get a treatment. Uh, shout out to Michael Davy, yeah. Liz, and and Rob every day. Just being with them in practice and after practice and stuff like that. And um, yeah, just trying to get better every day. I think I'll be fine moving forward. Just need to see. You're such a unique player. Um, when did you become a great passer? And when and when and why is that become? Did that become important to you? Yeah, it. I feel like high school. I would say. In uh, when I moved to Australia. We had a lot of great players, obviously, and I had to find a skill set to be good at. And I mean, I was a good shooter back home. I was mainly shooting the ball in Egypt, but not really passing the ball. Like I had potential there, but I never really tried hard. But I feel like in high school, I just started developing this passing thing that I'm tall and I can see cutters and I can see the play before it happens. Obviously, watch a lot of film and watch a lot of great passers before and now in the NBA just to see how they see the game and how to locate defenders. And Who exactly do you watch? I watch Jokic a lot. For obviously, sure. So. <laughs> You've been, uh, Bill Walton called you the Jokic in oh, college. That's, that's, that was quite the thing to Bill Walton say that, right? Yeah, that was a privilege, obviously, to be compared <laughs> to awesome, some, somebody like that. But, yeah, just to see defenders where they're at, I always watch film with our offensive coordinator, Coach Cody Figure, and see how they're going to guard how they're going to guard the guards and how they're going to guard are they going to switch or are they going to have slips open and where the defenders are going to be located um, but yeah it just came from high school I believe in Australia just to be able to work on this part of the game mm. and be really good at it so. and now you have film where you keep it yeah exactly. there you go <laughs> <laughs> now, they, now they're going to fall for the passes now they're not, they're not expecting me to exactly. drive exactly so. yeah. To show that play is, uh, exactly. is out there. Send the scout. <laughs> Ali Khalifa is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I remember our first interview that we did with you when you signed with BYU, and mm-hmm. you told us I had to find a way to get on the floor, and, and passing was the way to do that. Now mm-hmm. now we're seeing it. So mm-hmm. what else have we not seen from Ali Khalifa that's in, that's in the arsenal? Uh, like the dunks. Like I, said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like shooting. I feel like I've been shooting it pretty good this, this past couple of games. Um, I haven't really showed it a lot of it, but last game I feel like I was open most of the plays. So I feel like shooting, I'll shoot at a high level, hopefully in, in conference. I always get you know, get hot in conference, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Um, that's overall. I, I, do, I don't really force anything. If they're going to give me the shot, I'll take it. If they're going to give me the drive, I'll take it. So 
Um, just we will see. It's, it's a surprise to see what's going to happen in conference. Like nobody ever expected me to dunk on somebody in conference in the Big Twelve. So, <laughs> uh, hey, we did. I and on UCS Lake, we no less. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that was special okay. uh, with all the uh, what are the, the fronds in, yeah. in, the, <laughs> in the crowd? <laughs> the palm fronds. Yeah, yeah. the palm fronds. Yeah. Okay, huge game with Iowa State. You know, every game is important, but when, when a game like this, an opportunity to get to five hundred league. And uh, pick off a, a team like this. What, what is it like to know? Okay, we have another huge opportunity coming up, and at home. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, Iowa State has just beat Houston last week, and they beat Oklahoma State by a lot on the weekend, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they come here in Provo, and I feel like we have a very good chance to get the, to get the win. And like you said, to get 500 in the league and to prove to the league that we belong here. We just just. We don't care about what happened before. We just care about the next game, and we take it game by game. And we're really excited. We're going to host a really good team, like top 10 in the net. And, I mean, we're top 10 in the net as well, so it's going to be, yep. it's going to be really fun tomorrow. I believe. Your deep blue is so cool, by the way. Oh, Thanks sure. for sharing your story. Is Thank there anything you. that you want to follow up on from the story and tell people about that didn't get mentioned or uh, um, there? Because it, it was cool to see you and Nesma, yeah. who played at Cincinnati. Yeah, nice no, I mean, I mean, this showed a lot. I, uh, I'm not. They would have showed my, some of my friends as well. My girlfriend would have been mm-hmm. would have been cool as well. But <laughs> they interviewed them, I would yeah. say. But I don't think they had space in the video. Yeah. Um, because they couldn't fly. They were on Zoom calls. But it was, it was pretty cool just to see, um, BYU Nation really cares about who we are as people before, become before an athlete. So it was it, it was pretty cool. Great stuff. Ali, congratulations again on a big win. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go and play well against Iowa State if they yeah. decide to leave you open and maybe, there's a lane. Maybe another yam. Hey, just, we'll see. Just go do your thing, man. I'm going to try. I'll get that. I'll get that. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. Thank you. Appreciate it. And he knows Marvel, by the way. Go watch the Pope Show from last week, oh, yeah. which you can watch the Pope Show every Thursday uh, at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. And can play. Like I nailed all the Marvel questions, like in a second. Amazing, smart dude. He knows, man. <laughs> Absolutely, <Those> infinity stones. <laughs> I'm with you. We'll recap an awesome weekend across BYU sports, including women's basketball and their first Big 12 win to a sub four minute mile at elevation mm. and more. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem Jordan. Let's roll out a load of Monday headlines. Number 18 men's basketball got its first Big 12 win, 63-58 at UCF Saturday afternoon. The night shot 29% from the field, 17% from three. Ali Khalifa scored a season-high 17 points, including this dunk. Hall starts it to Ali Khalifa. Ali Khalifa, oh, wide open, Ali. he drives and he got, it. How's that not a foul? And it should have been a three-point play. He got hammered. Ridiculous. A one-hand thump from Ali Khalifa. <laughs> Things opened up down the lane, and it was cleared for takeoff for Khalifa. Unlike Spencer in Detroit. BYU 1-2 <laughs> in league, 13-3 overall, 5 in the net. Number 9 in net, Iowa State coming into Provo. Should be ranked any moment now or in the next hour uh, pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time. Hey, BYU women's basketball also got their first yeah. ever Big 12 win of the season, 68-58 over Cincinnati at the Marriott Center on Saturday. BYU had five players scoring double figures, including the first double-double 
in Emma Calvert's career. 11 points, 10 rebounds. Kaylee Wilson led BYU scores with 12 points, including this massive three at the third quarter buzzer. Ahead to Wilson, 30-foot three at the buzzer. Good! How about the court vision of Amari Whiting to find her sharp shooter and true freshman backcourt mate Kaylee Woolston. Up next, the Cougars take on Oklahoma State in Stillwater and look for win number two in Big 12 play on Wednesday. Football announces Friday the hiring of Kevin Gilbride as the new tight ends coach. Coached in the NFL for 12 years, comes to BYU from the Charlotte 49ers. So did Ali Khalifa, by the way, yep. of the AAC. It was an offensive analyst there. He played one season for BYU in 98, transferred to Hawaii. Also, BYU tight end, speaking of, Isaac Rex played in the Hula Bowl this weekend at UCF. One-handed catch in the end zone for a touchdown. Give me that. Later, after the game, he went to the BYU-UCF game because he was on campus. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Oh, winning weekend for Isaac as well. Cougars in the NFL playoffs now. We lead off with Puka Nakua, who had just another remarkable night. Nine catches, 182 yards, most yards by any rookie in playoff history. Had the one touchdown, but the Rams lose 24-23. It was defensive holding. Dang it! Andy Reid's Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins 26-7. Sione Takitaki had three tackles in a Cleveland Browns 45-14 loss to the Texans. Zane Anderson had two tackles for the Packers in just a shocking win in Dallas, 48-32. Is it shocking when Dallas loses? <laughs> Stephen A. But, Smith doesn't think so. Fun fact, the Packers have more wins at home uh, in the playoffs recently than the uh, Cowboys. So that's weird. Wow. Women's soccer program record five players selected in the NWSL draft on Friday. Second most of any program in the country. Number one was UNC. Ha <laughs> ha! Mozingo, number four to the Royals of Utah. Olivia Smith-Griffith, second round, 20th overall to the Royals as well. Olivia Wade Katoa, second round, number 23 to the Portland Thorns. Jamie Shepard, third round, 30th overall to Bay FC. And Leveni Vaca had to wait a minute, but she got called as well. 55th pick. Very emotional there to Bay FC as well, where she grew up before she moved to Utah. Ninth-ranked BYU men's volleyball. They had one for two on the road trip because they dropped Saturday night's match against 15th-ranked Lewis in five sets. The Cougars now 3-1 and one overall in the season. Trent Moser had 14 kills for BYU off the bench. Up next, still on the road at UC Irvine on Friday. They're going to play like six matches in eight days or something crazy, which would be wild. Gymnastics scored a season high 196-1 at the Sprouts Farmers Market Collegiate Quad Saturday night. Senior Alex Mason had a standout performance, 985 on the beam, 9825 on bars. Back at it tonight, two and three days. Let's go. Best of Utah meet competing against Utah, Utah State, Southern Utah in the same venue, Maverick Center in West Valley. BYU men's track and fields, Aiden Troutner recorded the first sub-four-minute mile in the history of the state of Utah on Saturday at the Cougar Invitational, clocking a three-minute, 59-second, and 20-hundredths time. Good for number one in the nation. Doing it at elevation indoor, amazing. On the women's side, some notable performances include Jaslyn Gardner winning the 60-meter dash, Rebecca Erickson winning the pole vault by over a foot, and Taylor Lovell winning the mile as well. Men's tennis got its first win, 5-2 over UC San Diego on Saturday of the season to improve to 1-1 on the year. Doubles team of Wally Thane, Zach Fuchs, Jack Barnett, Red Owen helped lead BYU. Thane, Barnett, Owen, and Tigan Goldhammer also won singles matches. 
BYU men's and women's swim competing in Denver over the weekend. The men's team won each of the relay events and broke three pool records doing so. The dive teams competed at UCLA. The men's Chase Hindmarshes finished fifth, and the women's Alexia Jackson finished sixth. Congratulations to all those performers. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. What do you make of Kevin Gilbride hired as the tight ends coach? I love it. It's better than I expected this late in the game. He's got football in his blood. He's tied to BYU. He's been in the NFL. This is going to help BYU's tight ends room. Yeah, he's been in the NFL from basically 2010 to 2022 with the Giants, the Bears, and the Panthers. And uh, he's a Super Bowl champ, so you love that experience. The LinkedIn looks good. Should get better for BYU for sure. All right, uh, we just talked about Aiden Troutner's sub four-minute mile. How crazy was that? It was crazy. That's the first sub indoor four-minute mile in the state of Utah ever run. Now, it's harder at elevation. They actually adjust it to a 354.51. They shave off like five seconds. Because, because of where it happened. Elevation. Wow. So that is that is wild. Congratulations. Provo kid, Tim Few kid, he wanted to do it in Provo. And uh, he did it, which is well pretty cool. Well done, Aiden. Aiden. We'll Very talk to cool. him tomorrow on the program. Can't wait to have that conversation. Up next, one of the five Cougars taken in the NWSL draft over the weekend. The first of those five, Brecken Mazingo of the Utah Royals, joins us next to discuss the number four overall pick. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. With the fourth pick in the first round of the 2024 NWSL Draft, Utah Royals FC select Brecken Mozingo from BYU. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure now to welcome into the show the fourth pick in the NWSL Draft. Brecken Mozingo is live on BYUSN. Brecken, welcome back to the show. Congratulations on an unforgettable weekend. Oh, thank you so much. It was a unbelievable weekend, just like you said. What was it like to hear your name called and have the dream come to a reality that you are now officially a professional women's soccer player? Uh, I don't even have the words to describe what I was feeling. I still can't. I don't even think I can fully comprehend exactly what took place on Friday night, to be honest with you. I just know that I'm super stoked. Were you hoping for the Royals? Stay with the local team, a team that's leaned into the BYU Cougars recently? Um, I definitely was, but at the same time, I was like, I'm good with wherever wherever I get called to. You know, I was super stoked, and I was kind of treating it like a mission in a way since we're on a BYU, <laughs> like, uh, kind of center ordeal here. Um, I can say that, but, yeah, I was treating it definitely like a mission like wherever I get called to that's that's where I'm meant to be and Utah called me and I'm like okay Utah is where it's at you are hereby called to serve let's go (laughs) (laughs) Brecken Mazingo is on BYU Sports Nation what is the next two weeks of your life like now that you are with the Royals the next two weeks well this week I have off but next Monday we report and I have no idea what to expect next week. I know it's going to be high intensity, competitive, and just kind of cutthroat a little bit. But I'm super stoked for that. But this next week is training, just kind of roughing up, or I mean, polishing off the edges and 
all that good stuff. So I look forward to it. You're one of five Cougars on the Utah Royals who have returned uh, after, uh, you know, stint away. So it's Kayla Coulihan, uh, Clough, uh, Michelle Vasconcelos, Cam Tucker, and then you and Olivia Smith-Griffiths also drafted to the Royals. What's it going to be like to play with four other BYU Cougars? It's going to be like a little get-together. It's going to be like all the alumni getting back together, um, just taking it on another time. I mean, at least for 2024. So I'm I'm super stoked. It'll be so fun to play with them. Also, I've never played with Michelle Murphy like on the field before. And so I'm super, I, I don't know, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it really does feel like a BYU women's soccer reunion. What was your phone yeah. like and social media like over the past couple of days talking with uh, just fans and your former teammates as well? Oh, man. I, my phone blew up on Friday. I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't know how I'm going to respond to all of these. I get kind of, like, stressed out with how many, like, with uh, too many texts and stuff. But I genuinely just couldn't appreciate and I couldn't be more grateful for all the love and support that I was getting on Friday. It was a record night for the program and obviously a historic last couple of years making the College Cup twice. Um, so you go four, Olivia Smith-Griffiths goes 20, Olivia uh, Katoa goes 23, Jamie Shepard goes 30th, and then, and then Lava had to wait, but she got her name called uh, 55th overall. What was it like to have a program record five of you drafted? Man, I mean, it puts BYU on the map. That's what we were saying all weekend. We were just like, this is huge for BYU athletics and BYU women's soccer in general. Now people know who we are. When we say that we attend Brigham Young University, they know exactly who we are and where we are in Utah. So that's a huge step for us like as a program. And just under Jennifer Rockwood, like she has paved the way and so have our alumni. And so it's just amazing to see all their work starting to pay off and <clears throat> even our work pay off to get BYU recognized for who we are and who we are as a team. She is the fourth pick in the National Women's Soccer League draft. Brecken Mazingo headed to the Utah Royals. So at this point, as you look back, how would you rate your decision to come back to BYU as far as big decisions go in your life? Um, it was a big decision that I think could have gone well either way. I mean, if I stayed at UCLA, I would have just been in a different position than I am now. And who knows, it could have maybe been similar, maybe less exposure. I have no idea. But I am super grateful that I took the chance. And Jen Rockwood, that's the thing that I'm most grateful for, that and our coaching staff, that they were willing to give me a chance back on BYU. And it, I don't regret my decision at all. And I'm super stoked for how everything panned out. Hey, we liked it because we got to watch you play at BYU. <laughs> um, I want to I I ask you about this, too. 20% of the draft picks and three of the top four were in the BYU-North Carolina game. Did you, did you get a sense, even when you played that game and now that we've seen the draft, of how big that game was in terms of the talent in the game and obviously the result? I, I didn't even know, honestly, those, those statistics. But that's crazy. I, didn't, I truly did not even know that. But, I mean, with how hard the game was and how, how down we were at, uh, the half, I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised in how the game all panned out. Brecken, which things will you remember most about playing soccer at BYU as you now turn the page to your pro career? Um, 
the people, the people in every aspect, the, the coaching staff, my teammates, and most importantly, and especially the Cougar fans, Cougar Nation out there, I I couldn't have like made it like it couldn't have been better for an environment to play soccer at. I mean, the amount of support and love that I just like already listed that I was getting on Friday night, that was the same love and support that we were feeling at every single game, which is insane. Not I don't think any college athlete well, within women's sports can say that they have this much love and support, which is just crazy. And that's that's the number one thing. And obviously how amazing Southfield has been kept. Our field is absolutely beautiful. And the equipment, everything's perfect there. And so those are the things I will remember most, definitely. It's been a big couple of weeks for you. Uh, you go to the Herman Trophy finalist. You're essentially a Heisman candidate, right? Uh there in women's soccer, and then you're an All-American, of course, first-teamer, and then the draft, you're the fourth pick overall, you're staying home, you're seeing your teammates go. How would you summarize, and of course, uh, you know, in, in December you're playing in the College Cup, how would you summarize kind of the last month-ish for you? Oh, man. Uh, I don't even have – I think gratitude or gratitude is just – the number one thing that I can say to summarize this past month, it's been exciting. It's been exciting, and I'm full of nothing but gratitude towards everything that's happened and just the appreciation that I have for my teammates and, like, all 32 of us that showed up all season long. And these are just, like, benefits that I've gotten just from how my team has performed, not even, like, me. I, I don't even know how these have come to me, but it genuinely was a team effort, and I'm just so grateful that I was on this team. Gratitude is an amazing way to wrap that up. Uh, Brecken, we'll finish with this. What's your message to the remaining BYU soccer players as they try and build off of a legacy that you have played such a huge part of as they try and find that next step in a national championship? Well, I mean, when we first came in, our like senior class came in, we were probably feeling the exact same thing that these girls are feeling now. How are we going to do this? We just saw some pretty heavily impactful players like Cam and uh, Kayla Coolahan and other girls like the class before them as well. We were like, how are we going to be back from this? I don't know if we will. And all I can say is like, look at where we came to be and it took years and it took a year, it took a couple years and all I've got to say is like pick up the torch that's been left and just run with it and do the very best that you can. I mean, I have full faith in uh, our freshmen, our sophomores, our like two seniors and our junior class. I have faith in all of them. I know that everything's going to be restored exactly how it's supposed to. And they're going to absolutely kill it. And I cannot wait to watch this next upcoming fall. We've talked about gratitude. You just mentioned restoration, uh, missions. Uh, nice work, Sister Mozingo. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Brecken, congratulations again. Uh, we, we love the emotion that you played with and the emotion that is on display here, and we're super excited for you. Can't wait to watch you play. This is not the end. We'll be talking again we'll very soon. We'll be chatting, soon. yeah. I'm super stoked. Well, thank you for having me on here. You got it. Brecken Mazingo with us on BYU Sports Nation. What? What, what are you last like, six weeks for her in her life? Uh, you could argue she's the athlete of the year at BYU, period. 
Who's going the, to have a better resume than Breck and Mazingo no, in this athletic calendar year? You're a, a, a Herman Trophy finalist. You're in the College Cup. You're a top four pick. You're a first-team All-American. <laughs> who's going to match that? <laughs> that was, a, that was an amazing that? year. That was an amazing year. <laughs> Women's basketball taking on Oklahoma State Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Cougs fresh off the first Big 12 win. Make it two. We're not done yet. We've got a few more answers to your Monday mailbag questions. This is BYU Sports Nation. Travendell, bringing it! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's another Mailbag Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes with this question from Porter Larson on Facebook who asks... How will the games in the Big 12 best prepare BYU for a possible run in the tournament? Uh, almost every game they're playing is like a tournament game? second round game, Spence, not even a first. So, um, yeah, BYU will be prepared and weathered unlike any other team previously in BYU history. Just win seven conference games, be like West Virginia seven. last year and be a nine seed. <laughs> and because BYU went 12-1 and one in non-con, 19, you're feeling... Like yeah. you got a great chance. For sure. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I want to share uh, one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. on this mm. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable. Every step towards the goal of justice requires sacrifice, suffering, and struggle. The tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals. Oh, Thank you, MLK. Uh, for everything, yeah. I'd love to see all the vignettes uh, across the different sports platforms and networks honoring one of the greatest men to ever lead in this country. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Fantastic. Hope you enjoy the rest of your MLK day, however you choose to spend that. Our thanks to today's guests, Ali Khalifa and Brecken Mazingo. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time, but hey, this and all our shows are on demand on BYOSN.com. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Jake Schof. We'll see you tomorrow back here in Studio B on game day. BYU hosting Iowa State. Go Cougs. Headband love.